Hello, and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet, our president. Hello, Hello Father. Colleen, as always, great to be with you once again to talk about some important issues. It's good to be here with you again, Father. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the recent arrest of Mark Hauk, who was arrested at his house, um, and we'll get into the details of why. And so let's just jump right into that, Father. Who was Mark Hauk and why was he arrested? <laughs> so Mark Hauk has been a very strong activist in our pro-life movement and has been involved in this for many years, and particularly with sidewalk counseling, uh, you know, prayer vigils. But also he's been involved in his own ministry and, and reaching out to men who may be struggling with pornography. And I give a link in the article, uh, even though that's not going to be the subject of our conversation today, but to show how Mark has been very much active you know, in advancing a culture of life, you know, promoting life within a family structure with for men who may be struggling with, you know, a different type of behaviors with regard to pornography and all that comes along with that, but also just um, the willingness to stand and witness uh, to give his uh, his himself, you know, to this great cause. And this is what has brought this moment uh, to the light in the sense of uh, back in 2021, when he was outside of a Planned Parenthood facility in the Philadelphia area, and with his uh, not then 12-year-old son uh, and a uh, person by the name of uh, Bruce Love is a 72-year-old um, uh, person that worked for Planned Parenthood, uh, maybe an escort, if I understand correctly from my reading of the, of, the, of the article and the content about the story. And on that particular day, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Hawk, uh, Mark Hawk had been out there before, but on this situation, this particular gentleman by Mr. Uh, Mr. Bruce Love began to just uh, try to intimidate Mark's son, you know, and speaking very, very poor language, very aggressive language, uh, foul language uh, toward the son. And as any father, mother would do, in this case, a father, you know, he intervenes and recognizes, hey, don't take this out on my son. And apparently, um, uh, uh, Mr. Hawk pushed Mr. Love and he fell. Not, no one was hurt. Uh, but, you know, he defended his son. And uh, and this is how this now story comes to bear. So uh, what happens is, as you began with, uh, we uh, maybe, maybe our audience is already familiar with the story. He is, uh, his home is raided by the FBI, you know, just this reason on September 23rd. And so uh, what happens, he, Mark and his wife, her name is uh, Ryan, uh, let, me, let me get her name right, Ryan Marie. It's a beautiful name. I like how they combined it, um, you know, in bed. And so a, a swarm of FBI agents between 20 to 25 different numbers have been said, uh, you know, fall upon his home, banging on the door, you know. And so, of course, they have seven children. And uh, so this this complete, you know, uh, uh, scary moment unfolds in front of them, mm-hmm. um, which should not have happened. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But that's the background of, of here, uh, the story. But for, for us, Colleen, the story is more, a little deeper because the reason why I brought the story up, one, it's in the headline, one in our own audience at HLI and our, in our, uh, all of our network to be more familiar with it. But there was an intention behind not only for us to pray, you know, for Mark and for, for Ryan Marie and for their children and for all the people involved, including the lawyer, Peter Breen, uh, that hopefully our audience will know that name. And I'm not going to say much more, but hopefully our audience will go and look him up because he's been very much involved in the pro-life cause, um, that uh, we need to pray for them and pray for all the people involved. And I know we're going to talk more about the, the detail, but I wanted this to be used as a story to remind us as pro-lifers. This is not the first time that we've seen the strong arm of government 
We've, uh, the first time we've seen the strong arm of the whole industry of, of the pro-abortion industry come to bear. And uh, here, the weaponization of police power, here the FBI being used by the Biden administration through the DOJ to, to intimidate pro-lifers. We, we've been here before. And sadly, right now, we're seeing many cases of the FBI with this regard. And what I wanted to do in the whole purpose, Colleen, was to remind us not to be afraid, not to, be, to keep our eyes open, to be aware, to be vigilant and prudent in what we do as pro-lifers. And all of those standing outside of our abortion facilities and all those engaged in this conversation, just to exercise awareness and realize that we, we know that the other side is, uh, has a number of uh, allies, and we just need to be aware of it. But don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't be overwhelmed. And especially don't give in. And that means don't stay home. We don't want people, because that's what they want us to do. They're bully. It's a bully tactic. And that's what they're doing here. And it's unfortunate that this, this man and his wife and his children uh, are, are literally being used, you know, as, an, uh, as, as a means of the government to say, we're watching. You know, that's, that's all intimidation. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe you said that when this was brought up, I think it was to the DA's office, they just threw out the... Um, why was it? I guess like they took they addressed the situation and they just decided there was nothing there. So then it went right. to the FBI. Well, what happens is, I mean, I think what Mr. Breen points out, I give a number of quotes from him, from okay. which I think is good for people to read. We won't do it here, but what he talks about is that you know the the DA of Philadelphia, you know, didn't want to pick up the case because we're not talking about a federal case here, and we're not we're talking about an incident that occurred. No one was hurt. And I think what the DA recognized, and the DA is no friend of the pro-life movement, so let's make that very clear. So uh, people can go look him up and see that this is not a case where, you know, uh, defending the pro-lifer. You know, but what he recognized is, first of all, Mr. Love, and again, I'm just reading into it, I don't know what the DA's thought was, but I'm reading into it, that, you know, overstepped his boundaries. You know, you're, 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 you're talking to a kid here. This is a child that you're, you're being vulgar toward and, you know, and everything else. That, that was inappropriate. So you, you provoked a father to defend his child. So, so I'm assuming, I mean, I mean, that's all reading in, but the DA did not, did not pursue it. But then what happened is the DOJ came into it. So, and that's a result now, which is, again, and what they're using here is the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act. It's called FACE. Now, this is under the, the uh, goes back all the way to the Clinton era. And so, and so people can look that up to understand what that means. And any of us who have been involved in sidewalk counseling, especially in the major cities, know exactly what this act did. Uh, you know, bubble zones and certain ways that you can't stand on the sidewalk and many other things to the, to the, to the act. But this is the, what, the, what they're using to kind of char- to charge, you know, Mr. Hawk for it's ridiculous. And, and that's what Mr. Breen, his attorney, is saying. The other side of that is that Mr. Breen, when this charge was uh, spoken, you know, contacted the FBI and said, we'll, we'll, we'll come in. Never heard back from him. So this is, this is purely an act of intimidation. I mean, especially you're talking about a family man. He's not a terrorist. Of course, I mean, that's, you know, the, how people approach the subject and, so, and, and, and try to label him. But, they, I mean, 20, 25 people armed to, to, to the hilt, you know, knocking and banging on your door. You know, is that what it took to bring this man in? Especially after his lawyer said, we'll be glad to come in. You know, I mean, so you can see what's happened here. Now, this is not the only incident, you know, and I hope our, you know, our listeners will go and, and search because there are other pro-life leaders of recent, uh, since March, 
that have been arrested by the FBI, you know, and for cases that may have occurred two years ago. You know, so here we are in 2022. What took them so long? What is this all about? Why is now are we in 2022 and this is now happening? It's the movement of, you know, since the overturning of Roe, you know, in, on June 24th of this year. And what we see is, again, as I mentioned earlier, the weaponization of police power. The government is using its strong arm to leverage its position. And, and it's, look, Biden administration is no friend of the pro-life movement. Mr. Biden himself is no friend. So we need to be very honest here about what's happening. And and I think that's the thing that we need to be aware of. So that's the, the background. This is what's unfolded. And now, obviously, people are coming as a kind of a rally behind Mr. Hawk and others saying, okay, what can we do to help? Some are raising money to pay for the legal fees and all the various complexities that go with that. That's one way of support. The other way to support is to get out there. And I think, as I say, toward the end of my column uh, is we need to contact our regional, our state, and our federal leaders and representatives and say, hey, this is unjust. This is unfair. This is wrong. And I do not support this and neither should you. In other words, we need to hold our leaders responsible for this. And so, uh, and another thing we can talk about, you know, Colleen, is the dual uh, uh, reality we've seen. We're seeing the double standard here. Yeah, that was my next question, was whether or not there was a double standard going on. Because on one hand, you're seeing all of these pregnancy centers and churches that are being attacked, and there's not really any follow-up and looking into it, from my understanding. But then on the flip side, you have things that happened one, two, three years ago that are all of a sudden coming to the surface um, where pro-lifers are being arrested. Right. Yeah, I think that's, again... As pro-life people and pro-life leaders and people engaged in this great advancement of the culture of life, we're familiar with this. These tactics are not unfamiliar, as I just want to reiterate that. I see this on a global level, too, Colleen, you know, in other countries, especially in Western countries, you know, where we see intimidation through government policies and procedures and, you know, kind of a strong-armed approach. Again, just trying to silence, intimidate people, don't get involved. And let's be honest— who, who would not be afraid to have, you know, the, 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 the justice agency of the government of the United States banging on your door? I yeah. mean, anyone would be intimidated and, 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 and frightened, especially, you know, what would have I done? You know, and, and, and so this is something that there is being we've seen. So with that said, we're also seeing the double standard. Again, not something we're unfamiliar with. And, and so here you have, as you mentioned, since the fall of the fall of Roe on the Supreme Court level, overturning Roe and Casey, throwing it back to the states where the battleground now really is. And I'll make a little side note to all of our listeners. Please find out what is on the ballot in your state. I'm going to be writing on this again to remind our audience and of others that there are many things out there right now that are coming on the ballot that are either trying to strengthen pro-life laws in the state or trying to advocate for abortion. We need to know what they are and go prepared and then do it everything we can. I just want to put out there, that because I worked very closely with it and just recently worked with uh, uh, Ms. Molly Sheehan in, in the uh, California, working with the Bishop's Conference there. Proposition 1 is an example of that. And there we need to say no to that proposition. So that's an example of one. Yeah. You and I talked about one back in Connecticut. We've Vermont. talked about Vermont, sorry, Vermont, yeah. in Vermont. <laughs> and I and, think uh, Michigan is the other. I think they actually, okay. that one ended up on the ballot. Um, okay, so it made so, it to the ballot. So we need yeah. to make people aware. So Those I just are the want three to say big that. ones, the three so anti-life ones. Really 
get out there and, and do your part to say no to these and to prevent them from becoming law. Get your family, get your friends, get people involved. And then the, on the flip side, Kentucky, I think, has a pro-life one. Right. So, there are at least there's some good ones. Yes, absolutely. And, and, but the double standard is, is since the fall of Roe, then we've seen, as you mentioned, where pregnancy care centers you know, are being vandalized. Churches have been vandalized. We've seen private property vandalized uh, for, of pro-lifers. So, and, and we see a blind eye approach. The mentality is, oh, I don't see anything. But what we see, like with Mr. Hawk, is the flip side of it, where all of a sudden, because someone is standing up against the, the, the great uh, juggernaut of the pro-abortion industry, you know, oh, we got to defend these people. You know, you can't harm these people. And, and, and so it's a strong arm. It's a tactic, a very huge tactic. Uh, I call them Gestapo tactics. And, and, and this is what they're doing. It's an adult. So we have a blind eye to the injustice on one. And then we have an, an act of really aggression that is very clearly, you know, being employed. And we're, we're supposed to ignore that. We're supposed to say, oh, he's committed some great, great crime here. No. So Again, this is where we have to engage our leadership in our in our own states and local level, state level, and federal level, and say this is unacceptable. You know, if Mr. Hawk has done something that is criminal, then then that needs to be addressed, but respectfully. You know, and and on the proper level too. Right, exactly, and in a proportionate manner. You know, mm-hmm. so this is obviously disproportionate to to what crime or he may or may not have committed. So here we have an issue that needs to be talked about. So as we approach the, the the ballot box this coming you know November for us, not only for the midterm elections but also for propositions that may be out there or uh, laws that are being uh, are being put before the, the public to vote upon, um, we need to recognize that there are going to be tremendous amounts of intimidation. The media is not on our side. the The whole industry is supported by the media. They're protected by the media. So we, we know that, that that mantra, that constant propaganda is out there. We hear it constantly. And so we know what we're up against. Don't let it intimidate. Number two is what I would say, Colleen, is to those that are involved in active pro-life ministry and apostolic work is, as I said earlier, exercise prudence. Be vigilant. I would advise recommend that people who are doing prayer vigils do not be out there alone. You know, exercise. Uh, I know people who put cameras in their cars, park in a way where cameras are pointed right where they're standing. So it's all caught on film. That's helped people to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize, sadly, a good, a good majority of our police are not going to come to our aid. We've seen examples where the police you know, participate and, and, and protect the pro-abortion side. So we just, uh, we need to be aware of what we're dealing with mm-hmm. and, and, and recognize it and then exercise not only prudence, but then be creative in how to make sure that we're protecting each other and helping each other, and especially the leaders in the pro-life movement in the local community to educate people who are offering their time, especially families, especially, you know, people that are just out there standing. We know a couple of cases of recent where elderly people going out to pray the rosary in front of an abortion facility are pushed, you know, so just the, the very opposite, but nothing was done to the person that pushed them. So there's your double standard again. Mm-hmm. So so what makes this wrong and the other thing right? It all depends on who's who's in authority and who's in the position to leverage that authority. So those are the double standards. But for all of us, you know, the intimidation would be we should not be doing this podcast. That would be what they would want. 
Because why? You know, not only will we maybe not put you on the platforms out there, we'll silence you, but because you're saying something that we don't agree with, well, we're going to go look into your background. We may go look into your uh, taxes. What do we, why do we think the, the Biden administration wants to hire so many IRS agents? Why do we need so many agents? I mean, I'm reading into that, but look, I'm, I'm no dummy either, and I'm not naive. It's a leverage. It's, it's, it's getting out there. So all of us need to be aware. We need to open our eyes, open our ears, be attentive, be supportive, stay engaged, be active, hold people accountable, write the editors of your papers, voice your opinion out there, you know, get involved and push back. You know, these are bullies and, you know, don't play with a bully, you know, don't play their game, stand your ground and call them out. It's, this is what this is and, uh, and hold them accountable for their actions. And there's no doubt at the end of the day, uh, Mr. Hawk, I, I'm going to be a prophet is going to be fine. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to see the injustice done to the situation. And those who have done this will be held accountable for it. Actually, along those notes, do you know what where that stands right now? Is he still um, being held in prison? Like, is he going to trial for this or what right. do you know? So he's anything? out on bail. OK. And, and uh, if I understand what I wrote in the column, just reading some articles and some uh, media, it's about a $10,000 bail. So he's out okay. uh, as far as I understand. Uh, that, that's the number. And obviously this is going to move forward. How far it will go? I mean, I really believe that, you know, Mr. Breen, his attorney, uh, Mr. Hawk's attorney, is well-grounded. He's got a great experience. There's no doubt that there, and we need to use it. We need to use this to show the other side, to expose their agenda, to expose their ideology, and to expose the people who are guilty of leveraging and weaponizing our police to, to do something like this. They need to be held accountable. So I'm, I know this is going to get into the public forum much more. And so right now he's home with his family, you know, he's uh, where he needs to be. And I know that uh, 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 Ryan Marie, his wife, you know, has given a few interviews and, you know, and uh, in a sense of what happened. And we need to pray for, you know, for, for their children, especially the younger ones who don't understand all the dynamic. And, you know, and I can imagine, you know, for, for Mark and his wife, it's very frightening because you don't expect your children to be drugged into this situation. Uh, and, and they have been. And, uh, and it's interesting when you hear so many on the other side of the aisle, you know, you know, don't involve my children. They have nothing to do with my position. But again, the double standard, the double standard. So we need to pray for everyone involved and pray for Mr. Breen and, uh, and the legal team to, to keep fighting. I mean, we have to remember that we have people like David Delyden that's still out there fighting the good fight. We have other people in the pro-life cause that are now before courts and district courts and, you know, in federal court systems and things moving up toward, you know, the Supreme Court. Uh, and I think these are, we need to pray for those individuals, you know, to weather the storm. And, and for those that may not be familiar with a great pro-lifer, and I'm not going to give too much information, Colleen, because I hope our audience will have the curiosity. But I mentioned Joe Scheidler, and I hope that people might take time to go look up Joe. Joe's now passed from this world uh, into the Heavenly Father's kingdom, and, and we, we pray for him. And his wife, Anne, and son, Eric, and family members are still involved in the Chicago. So I'm giving hints where to go look. But Joe himself was before the Supreme Court on a few occasions because of racketeering charges, pro-lifer. So in one, his case. But they drug him, his family, and many others along that line, you know, to uh, leveraging their ability to do so. And it was wrong then, and it's wrong now. 
And we just need to recognize that this is what we're up against, uh, Colleen. But we're, we're in a good moment. I say that because we have an opportunity in front of us, you know, to really advocate for the dignity of human life. And this is what it's going to cost. A lot of sacrifice, m- much difficulty, and in suffering. We, we're, we're not unaccustomed to it. This is just a reminder of what, what it does cost. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate you know, that someone like Mr. Hawk, you know, has been brought into this like this. But he knew that, he knows what he's doing, and he, he, he and his wife, no doubt, discussed. They've been involved, that they knew the cost. But this isn't, should never happen. This was wrong, completely wrong, unjust. Do you have any, um, I guess you mentioned a few already, but like practical tips for listeners who are going to be involved in like 40 Days for Life or any like praying outside or just actively involved in pro-life thing places and being in situations where they could be intimidated this way. Do you have any? So just to kind of go back there, I think it's good to repeat it because Mm -hmm. uh, the, we want to believe that, you know, if we're out there and we're doing our part and we're following the rules and policies and laws that we're going to be fine. And in most cases, Colleen, in most states, we are. But there are those occasions. And I, th- I think that what this case reminds us of is that under the current administration in the federal government, under the Biden administration, we have no friend. We have no ally there. And we have a, 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 an administration dead set on advocating for abortion rights. Clear as a bell. So we have to recognize that, which means we should not take anything for granted and that there are people out there, sadly, who are in, in incentivized by this debate right now, all right? And they're out there and they're standing out and, and voicing their, their opinion and their feeling. They're not going to necessarily respect, you know, that we're out there silently praying or keeping vigil or actively engaged. And we know that they, they know they have, quote, the government on their side. They know they have the media on their side. They know that in some cases, in some places, they have the police on their side. So, and the local DA on their side. So this just incentivizes them to go out and do their part. So we need to know that and and not take things for granted. My encouragement is, is be as cunning as they are, meaning prepare yourself. Mention, don't go alone. If you be together with other people, have someone that's responsible for maybe uh, putting a camera out there, you know, recording things, uh, setting things where, and you know, now I'm saying all this, the other side will hear it, but look, they already know this. We need to, we, but we need to protect ourselves and we need to protect those that we work with. And as pro-life leaders, we need to encourage people to, to be wise and to be prudent, to be vigilant. And another thing I would say with all that is, for me, this should incentivize us. We need to get off of our sofas. To me, this 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 story should make us so concerned and 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 prick our conscience and say, okay, now I got to get out there. I mean, if this poor man is willing to get out there and put his neck on the line, and you know this has happened to him, that injustice is. I'm going to get out there and do my part. We need to get out there. And if more people get out there, it, it takes that bully and puts the bully in its place. And so, but we need to do that. We need to get involved. And and those who are, uh, I would also say, is that are in, like, for example, our 40 Days campaigns, I know what the leaders do there. I mean, some of the things I'm talking about right now, that comes from them. 
in a sense of being vigilant, being aware, not being alone, using you know the, the media for the, the recording things. Keep things in the light always, mm-hmm. and that way you have you have these things to help you if these cases were to come, if something were to be alleged. You have something in your hand that you can deal with. So it's important to do that. Uh, document everything. Also, we have to. I would say I can tell you stories from the mission field, Colleen where uh, many of our pro-life leaders and, and advocates, you know, standing outside of abortion facilities have been, I mean, you think it gets bad here. In some other countries, it really, in Europe especially, can be very volatile. And um, the idea here is walk away from it. Don't do anything back. I mean, protect yourself. Obviously, don't. no one has a right to harm you. No one has a right to do that. But sometimes you just have to walk away for a moment. Get away from the situation. You know, don't respond. Don't give way to them. Um, and and especially because they're going to try everything they can. Again, because they believe, and rightfully so, they're going to be protected. So we, we need to recognize. But I've seen it flip because of some of the techniques I've been talking about, where when it's exposed to the police and says, here, watch this video. Don't give them the video. You send them a copy. So don't give up the original. And they go, oh, all of a sudden, change the story here. Right, so we have to, you know, be prudent, you know, and 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 creative in our ways of approaching this. Right now, we have people out there for the life chains. You know, back in my home state, you know, in South Louisiana, this past weekend there was a life chain. I know that's happening many parts of our country. October is typical is Respect Life Month. All right, so USCCB itself is putting materials out there, calling all the parishes and Catholics to get involved. So, so we need to do all that, but it's also good to know you know, what's out there and, and, and just be aware and just exercise good prudence, but do not be intimidated, please. Don't stay home, but know when to walk away for right. a few minutes so you can come right. back. Catch a breath, going. come back at it. Got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and I would, one final part, Colleen, I would say is just to reiterate what I said earlier, mm-hmm. reach out to your local leaders. Voice your concern when you see an injustice. So the pro-life leaders and, and people of, of Philadelphia should be irate with what's happened here, you know. And and this is something that they should it should make them so concerned to pick up a phone, write a letter, call their representative, call their local DA's office. This is unacceptable behavior here. This is you know this is not how you treat an American citizen, you know. Uh, I mean, literally, this is what you're going to do. And so, and I know of a case in New York with a priest that's been recently, that's this same thing, situation. So we know that this is happening. So it's, it's and in many communities, it's not being, you're not going to see this on TV, all right, except to say, oh, this very bad man who did this very bad thing. And the media is not going to tell the story. So we just need to get ourselves engaged. And you can tell that I'm pretty passionate about this because this is the moment for us. You know, if we back off, if we allow this strong-armed approach, this Gestapo tactic to prevent us, you know, because we're afraid of the outcomes, then we, we, have, we, have, we will have failed. We will have allowed them to succeed in what they're doing. And who loses? Our littlest brothers and sisters in the womb. Because no one's going to fight for them. We have, to, we, we have fought the good fight to this moment, Colleen. We have come to this race time and time again. We have stood in front of our enemies, and we have continued to push forward. This is not the time. And I'm not saying that's happening, but I am a little concerned because this is how the other side wants to silence. And they know it works because it has worked. We have to show them we're not playing your game anymore. We're not allowing that to happen anymore, and we need to stand against it. And you know, and we need to do it by using the law 
and to our, to our favor. You know, use the law. The law's on the books. Hold them. Hold them accountable. And, hold, and those that won't do it, guess, guess what? Vote them out of office. You remove them. Lawsuits. How about we do that? You know, how about we turn around and sue them for not doing their job? You know, hold people accountable. This is how you stand up against that injustice. The Not to hide and cower. And so this is a moment for us. You know, we have a lot on the ballot this this midterm. We have a lot that's going to come up over the next two years. We need to show up for the fight. Well, thank you so much, Father. Um, and then to everyone listening, just we're going to be trying to do a podcast on voting, at least like if we don't get into specifics of what specific things on the ballot, then we're at least going to get into tactics that you not tactics, but things you should keep in mind as a Catholic, as you're going to the voting polls. So just keep an eye out for that podcast coming up sometime soon before the election. And in the meantime, keep on follow, subscribe, keep on listening, um, share it with your friends. And thank you so much for listening. If you're on YouTube or rumble, you can follow us. And if it's on the audio platforms, then you can share with your friends and also follow us on there, I believe. And keep on living the culture of life. God bless.